On this episode of Empowered by Design, we have a love story. I am so excited to bring you the love story of Allison and Mike. You will hear how they met, fell in love, what they're up to now, where they are going in the future, and so much in between. They talk about their life and their love, how they fight, (laughs) how they laugh, and how they cherish each other's uniqueness in their relationship. I am so excited to bring you this love story. Stay tuned for my friends and fellow colleagues, Allison and Mike. They are psychologists. They own a group practice together. So they manage a business, they have a family, and they have a beautiful love story. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered by Design. I am your host, Dr. Liz, a hopeful romantic mom of two beautiful souls and partner to the love of my life. As a licensed psychologist, I love helping people heal, grow, and shine. I am a love and relationship specialist and owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique, where we lead with love and empower you to fly. This podcast delivers inspirational stories, conversations, and lessons on the power of tuning in body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit, following your intuition, seeing the signs, and listening to the whispers from angels to pursue your dreams in life, work, and love with intentional vision. Share the love, spread the power, dream, design, deliver. Welcome to the Empowered by Design podcast. We are here today with a love story episode. Thank you so much, Mike and Allison, for joining me here today on the podcast. I'm so excited to hear your love story and to share it. Um, Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, so we, I'll start by just saying how we know each other. We connected mm-hmm. several years ago as colleagues and have stayed connected. I have treasured our relationship, especially Allison, love you, Mike, but Allison and I have um, really made an intentional effort over the past several years to stay connected and in, in a supportive um, like consultation kind of relationship with both of us being psychologists in private practice. And so I hear a lot about you, Mike, <laughs> but um, I have very much treasured that relationship and, and, and just was so excited when you agreed to um, come on the podcast and share your love. Tell us how you met. Tell us your love story, how you felt, met, fell in love. So we almost maybe definitely met before we ever officially met several times yeah Yeah. so like prior to actually meeting in 2005 um I was a waitress at the diner where he was a regular but I actually have no memory of serving him then but there it's like a 
statistical impossibility that I didn't. Um, And, uh, but what definitely was informal was um, my apartment that I lived in right when I graduated from college was next door to where I'd eventually get my first job, which Mm -hmm. is where we officially met. Um, And so I'd go out, like walk my little dog in my pajamas, you know, and there was this guy smoking a cigarette on like the next <laughs> stoop. Wait. Um, and so <laughs> wait, yeah. are you are you that guy? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. So like we, you know, just like a friendly like, hey, um, but uh that was um until we officially met when we started working together. And by the way, that was out of character for me. I'm very introverted. So uh, Allison just happened to be there and something about her seemed approachable. Um, so I said, hi. And it was just like, I would normally just, I'm usually in my own bubble. Uh, so to to say hi and strike up a conversation was, that's unusual. Wow. I love that. Yes, Allison, I you're there's something like magical and magnetic about you that drew him <laughs> drew him in. <laughs> Out, yeah. of well, the, we, out of your bubble. <laughs> we officially met my first day on the job at my first job after college. Mm-hmm. I was 20. He was 25. Um, and uh, I was just being given a tour like around the facility. And um, he came down with a couple other people and we were introduced. Coming back from somewhere with Jeff, um, my supervisor and so you were being you were coming down the stairs and and you they said oh this is Allison she's going to be working here she's a new hire and you grabbed onto the railing and you reached down and, to shake my hand and made direct eye contact and I shook your hand and I it's the weirdest thing I knew in that moment that Allison was special uh, it was magic there was just I'd never experienced anything like it before um, and I remember thinking like, this is odd, but like, this is, she's going to be important. She's going to be important to me right away. Um, and so I, 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 like that carried with me. And I remember I was across the street from our office. I was talking to one of our RAs and Allison came out of her apartment and I, and I looked across the way and I, and I said to the RA, like that woman over there is, she's special. Like, I don't know why, but like, I think she's going to be like really important in my life. And then Allison's then boyfriend at the time came out with his guitar on the ground uh, and they hugged and kissed. And I was like, well, maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm dying over here because yeah. I, you just put me through all the, the wave of emotions. I'm like, oh, when you said, you know, the, the magic and then, oh, my God, that is so oh, hysterical. Yeah. Love but this. then what I did your this. cocky self say to the RA? Oh. <laughs> Well, it's, so yes, I did say this. Um, <laughs> in our field, and at least at least where we were working at the time, when you get your first real job out of undergrad, anything, any relationship that kind of precedes that doesn't last. Like, you know, it falls <laughs> apart when adult responsibility kicks in. And I was like, that's not going to last long. Oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. That was 25-year-old me who was a little more cocky than I am now. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not going to last long. She's probably still special, but like... It's a little hard to see her. Like, apparently I read that situation a little wrong. 
So, well, it uh, sounds like you read it exactly right. I, so ultimately, yes, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, so ultimately. three months later, I was single. Okay, um, and Christmas. we, yeah, we had gotten to know each other, like just as friends and colleagues. We worked together. Everyone called him by his last name or like combination first last name, like Otto or Mike Otto. And so I did the same thing. I cannot call him by his first name to this day. It's It's weird. Weird. We've tried it. Neither of us like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which so I call him Otto or, you know, Mike Otto, just like I did when we established our relationship. But it was nice. Like we um, we were both in the field a lot, but we shared an office with a couple other people, one of whom our friend Jason is like still one of our best friends to mm-hmm. this day. Um, and uh, we just got to know each other, like without the pressure of dating, which I think was really, really good for us. Um, and then, uh, you know, we I went to... Um, uh, prior to breaking up with my then boyfriend, I did not bring my then boyfriend to the Christmas party. And my two dates were our friend Jason and Otto. Um, we went together. And then um, I just remembered like having such a great time with these people. And it was like uh, kind of like the last wake up call I needed of like, you know, there was a reason I didn't bring that person to the mm. party. It's like not fitting into my life anymore. These really fun, amazing, positive people like that are out there. Um, so I broke up with um, my ex. I uh, somehow had set up like several dates with several different people, none of which were auto. Um, and then uh, just after Christmas, we were all hanging out at Otto's apartment. Jason, Otto and I, Jason left um, and Otto and I just got to have some like one-on-one time together. And that mm-hmm. was the first time we really had had that since I was single, since we were both single. And um, one thing led to another um, in terms of just connection. And we ended up kissing and um, he asked if he could see me again. And I said, anytime. And he but loves that. Pretty. He thinks I said it like any. um and uh a couple days later we had our first date for new year's eve um i promptly canceled the other dates that i was planning on having with the other people um and uh on our first date I did not know this. Otto was like, hey, let's, why don't you come to my friend's house? It's very low key, like New Year's Eve party. I didn't realize on our first date, he was introducing me to like all the most important people in his life. Yeah, but it was also a New Year's Eve party. My philosophy on that was if you (laughs) don't like people who are family to me, this isn't going to work. I love that. Yeah. So I made auto dinner at his apartment. We went to this party. We had a blast. Um, I loved all the people. They loved me. I guess I passed the test that I didn't know (laughs) I was taking. (laughs) Um, And two years later, we were engaged. Two years after that, we were married. And here we are now, 17 years later. I love it. Yeah. So we know Mike fell in love with you at that moment 
<laughs> Would you say that, Mike? Would you agree? When you said she's special, I was waiting for you to say, I'm going to marry that woman or, but you were like, she's special. You, you, you knew something. Yeah. So it, it, it's, I've never felt anything like it before. <clears throat> and this is off of me being purposefully single for two years. Um, a little bit more than that, actually. I had a string of not so great relationships and I was, I, I decided I'm not going to settle. And so, um, and at that point, uh, like when I met Allison, it was the first time it was, it just seemed like it was something, it was different. This is, if I'm going to take a chance on anything, this is, mm. she's probably it. Like she is not settling. She is special. Something is there. Uh, but given my history, like I, I, you know, I definitely in my head was not going to say this is a woman I'm going to marry, you know, but this one is worth seeing where it will go and uh it's gone pretty awesome so far yeah we were saying last night like we like each other more now than we did then yeah which is great you know like because the way that i think we've grown up the way that i think we've each worked on ourselves individually as we've like just dealt with challenges in our lives you know like having kids adulting like period <laughs> you know all of that um like facing uh like working through stuff from our own individual histories like I feel like we've just grown closer and you know we're like such a stronger couple now even than we were back at the beginning for sure absolutely I love hearing that yeah it's beautiful because it it, it it's because I guess in our in our line of works, I think sometimes we don't hear that often, you know, and um, we know it's possible. We know it's out there. Um, and so to hear it is so encouraging and lovely. I love that you said we we've we've worked on ourselves individually and. Mm -hmm. And also as a couple, as a couple and a family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like you think you've got some things handled and then you have like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need to revisit some of these things, you know? Um, And so like just the being open to doing that, again, I think both individually and as a couple has been really important. Um. And, you know, like remembering to have fun and Mm -hmm. like we wrote our own vows for our wedding, but we did it together. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, like one of the ones that um, he reminds me of frequently is um, honoring each other's uniqueness, cherishing, cherishing each other's uniqueness. And, uh, and we like say like, you're my forever play person, like (laughs) to one another. And so like, you know, sometimes if there are like moments where I'm feeling annoyed, he'll still be like, well, I'm your forever play person. Yeah. And so to that, that's a thing that I, I told you early on in the relationship that, that you said has been really important. Um, and it's a good thing that I said that, um, that you, I said to you, (laughs) There are going to be probably many times in the course of our relationship where 
I am going to think that what I am saying or doing is the most hilarious thing ever. And you will not feel that way about it. I will not feel that way about it. (laughs) And um, you remind yourself, you have several times when I have really annoyed you, like the business card when we were looking at um, wedding venues and she was driving and I would just like poke her in the arm with the corner of the business card. Oh my God, I was going to punch her She got so upset at me (laughs) at one point, so mad, more mad than she's ever been, that she slammed on the brakes in her little red 2003 Corolla uh, and the car like slid. You could hear the tires. Just... There's no one behind us. We're on the driveway. <laughs> and she looked at me like she was gonna, like she wanted to kill me. And I looked over and I thought that was the most hilarious thing. I started laughing and I couldn't stop laughing for about 15 minutes. Oh. She was driving and yeah, and and I think she ultimately came back around. Like I'm glad you said that early on in our relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you're gonna think things are hilarious. And to I'm not. which. To which point, like one of our coping mechanisms for fighting, and I don't know that this is healthy for everyone, is like we will often mock one another's irrational anger. Yeah. So like when it's when like one of us is legitimately angry, like, you know, and we're having a discussion about it and it's rational. That's like that's not what I'm talking about. That's a very different thing. But like when one of us is irrationally grumpy or angry. Um, the other one will like mock it a little bit and just like to bring the humor to like, are you being serious right now? <laughs> like, So we keep each other in check. You know, we call each yeah. other out on things. We often do so with humor. Um, that has been super helpful. Kind of like, I think one of the things we've learned over time, like when we would fight at the beginning of our relationship, you know, it's like, working through like going through like the whole process to get to the like this is what this is actually about and I think over time we learn to skip all of this stuff and just have the discussion Mm. about what it's about Mm -hmm. yeah so it's not that like in the course of our marriage that we don't argue we certainly do probably you know little things come up each week Uh, it's that we're efficient about it we get through it fast and then we want to let that how I say more about that how yeah because i think i'm i'm imagining what you're saying is like i'm understanding it like this like we as couples we can fight about things like who's doing the dishes taking out the garbage and things that like every couple has these things that keep coming up over and over whatever they are and i'm like putting like it's like surface stuff right Mm -hmm. but what you're saying i think is you can kind of have throughout the years recognized these things are are sometimes most times representing something much more much deeper that's going on and when you can kind of be like oh oh look at us arguing about the dishes again what's that really about let's cut to the chase and be real efficient about this yeah it's very much it's very much that uh and in the course of our work um if we've worked with couples like a surface level thing can turn into a small argument that then leads to a big argument about everything. And at that point, you're not, you're not, nobody wins. Um, Everybody's more and more upset and it's like, you're not handling the thing at hand. Um, And so we are able to, in the moment, sometimes give each other the space, the silence even to say like, what's like, how are you, how are you feeling? Mm. 
what's going on with you today. Um, are you having an off day? Or um, in some cases, like this comes from, psychologically speaking, this comes from mom. This this road leads back to mom. This road leads back to dad. This is upbringing <laughs> stuff. And uh, I'm going to try to keep that in check. Instead of keeping score, instead of saying, you know, defensively saying like, well, I do this, but you do all these things, you know, and, and that it's not productive. So we just stay on task. Like this thing makes me mad. Let's talk about this thing. Let's get through it. Let's mm -hmm. get to the other side and then we can hang out and cuddle and watch a movie. Yeah. There's a lot more of like, okay, I hear you. Like mm -hmm. we don't need to like be huge to make a point heard. You know, like we often will very quickly jump to like the, you said this thing, I heard you, got it. Um, and then you move on. I, Allison, when I was saying how I understood it, I was saw your face and, and I saw your, like, I thought maybe you had a, a better way to clarify it for, for the listeners. Cause I, what I think is really, I want to emphasize is that you two are psychologists. You work with helping people, right? Helping people just have better joy in life, have, you know, work through relationship issues, whether you're working with one person or you're working with the couple. And so the things that you're saying are so valuable to the people listening. And so I want to make sure I'm making it as clear as, as it can be to how, so that we're helping people, you know, understand it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the way that you described it was good. I think the other things are like one of the other things that I think is helpful just additionally is that because we know each other so well, when we are, when we have our own blind spots, the other one can like very quickly help point that out to the mm -hmm. other person, you know, like a, Hey, here's what I think may be going on here. Like, could this be part of this? Yes. Um, and, you know, I don't think you have to be a psychologist to do that. You just have to know the other person and you have to be willing to admit that the other person is right. <laughs> or, you know, or that like, or that they know you as well as you know them. And maybe they have a point and just to like take a breath and get out of your own way very clearly you both have said we make time for each one of us in the relationship right like i love the cher cherishing the uniqueness um here at visionistas and and when i work with couples i talk about this to help people understand it and like i use the what i call the fun love formula where there's three circles three rings like a little bit like a venn diagram where there's space for each person in the relationship each part of the duo um, when we're talking about two people and then a ring for the relationship and those rings move in and out um, of, you know, overlapping and, and space. But the important part is, and you're, you've said that this is what you've done is making time for each person's uniqueness, individuality, space, time, energy, passions, um, jobs, whatever it is. And you make time for that middle circle of the relationship, rec recognizing that they're distinct, yet they all affect one another really importantly. Yeah. And I feel like 
I don't want to speak for you, Otto, but I feel like we're pretty aware of when something is out of balance Mm. and needing to attend more to that. Like if we haven't taken a date night in a while, Mm. we start to feel it. Oh, yeah. Um, and we, as soon as we recognize like, oh man, we haven't done this in a while. Let's prioritize this. And, um, and we try to have like a goal of once a month minimum that we're getting out and doing a date night just with the two of us. Um, or like the rare opportunities when the two of us can go to Whole Foods and grab lunch Mm -hmm. (laughs) during a work day. Um, or like take a quick walk around the parking lot, just like these moments to connect. Um, because even though we work together, we are pretty busy. Um, but yeah, like we feel it or like we feel it if we're not giving enough space to the individual stuff too. Yeah. And so a good example of that is, you know, at least once a year, you might want to go visit your family. That means you got to hop on a plane and go away for a couple of days. Um, and that means I'll hang out with the kids and make sure that they're fed and watered um, and safe. <laughs> um, and you'll hang out with your family. Or, you know, if a friend of like, if I just want to go like with Jason um, out to a concert or, you know, go out to, to have some dinner and drinks with a friend, uh, which I'm going to be doing next week. Um just to to have that and not needing to be around each other all the time, um, allowing that individuality to to still be there. But then, you know, the the work of marriage sometimes is fun. So, you know, keeping the novelty, the new experiences, the date nights, that that's all important. So um for us to also, you know, the last big one that stands out to me uh is our 10th wedding anniversary when we went to New York for a long weekend. Um that was magical. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing something like that again. Yeah, we did that. We did a smaller version to New Hope mm-hmm. more recently, like since COVID. But um, it's even that taught us like, wow, getting away even for more than an evening. It's like really a good reset. Yeah. Um, and our kids are old enough now that we can start to do that more easily, you know. Um, so we didn't want to do it the, when they were just of a couple years old. Um, but it's a little bit easier to do that. We have a, a circle of um, like a small circle of people that can be with the kids while we go do those things, you know, mm-hmm. and like also taking time out as a family to like do the same thing, you know, with the kids to get away for a short weekend, long weekend, um, day trips, um, you know, and to have those novel experiences together, not just as a couple, but also as a family with the kiddos yeah. is good for all of us too. Yeah. I love the the part of the forever play person. That is, I love that. Love, love, love that. Um, because fun and novelty and doing those new things. And, you know, sometimes it's, it pushes the limits of our comfort for, for whatever reason. Um, but it's so, it it's so important in the in the spirit of balance for sure yeah and i think so we're so opposite in the extroversion introversion realm like mm-hmm. otto is on a pretty far extreme of introversion and i'm on a pretty far extreme of extroversion mm-hmm. so like that comes with its own needs right like i could have five social things scheduled in one weekend and love it and Otto would be like, kill me now. Like <laughs> after 
two of those things. You're going to four out of five of those things by yourself. Yes. So like, that's Mm -hmm. what, you know, like I will like, we'll do like something together and then I'll go do something alone. Or I will know that if we, and I had to work harder on this than he did for sure. Um, Like to just to be mindful of it. I'll know that if we have a really busy weekend with other people, I cannot schedule a really busy weekend with other people the following weekend. Mm. He's going to need to like chill. Um, But I feel like Otto is really good at like getting, um, like articulating the restless, like, okay, we as a family need to get out for the day or we need this novel experience. Um, And then my extrovert brain will jump into gear. Be like, here are 10 options. That's something we could do. (laughs) Um, because I, I could be like on that all the time. So I'm not necessarily recognizing when it's a need for all of us, as opposed to just like my extrovert need. Um, and so Otto is such a good like dial on that. And then he just kind of like hands it to me, like, we need to go out today. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) Done. Here we go. Here's our plan. So your your the differences that you recognize your differences you've recognized them more and more over time how to make them work together as complementary you're a great team um, and I love too the part where you've you've talked about different things like f- even fighting um, or arguing and you know all of the things it, giving each other feedback of like maybe this is going on. Um, it all comes from a place of love and respect, right? So it's very different from when you're, when you may get feedback from someone who want, you know, where it doesn't feel like it's coming from, I love you. And I think you might be missing this piece, right? This is in your blind spot. Um, Whereas sometimes absolutely as humans, we get very defensive when we hear that from someone, but the, the coming from that place of love and respect helps to kind of, lower the defensiveness yeah yeah we have so i think we have so much love and respect for each other um and just being able to cut to that you know and not Mm. there's no reason to like if if there's like an urge to make someone else hurt it's not about them it's about you feeling pain and wanting to lash out right and i think um we can recognize like if that's there very quickly in each other like that might be one of those times where like start to mock each other's anger like this is like this is something that is um like this part of it's rational this part up here is not rational Mm -hmm. it's like let's ignore this there's nothing good that comes out of that and like get right to here um and i think we're um, we're good at seeing that, or if it's like out of anxiety or out of, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but being able to like help each other quickly separate from the noise of it all. Yeah. And be present. Right. So I think Mike, you were saying earlier, uh, the part of just kind of checking in, like what's going on for you right now? Are you have, what's your day? Like, what are you feeling? Are you hungry? Are you tired? Right. Like being able to recognize that sometimes helping each other, like, oh, let's just pause right here in this moment and see what's going on is helpful. 
we have um, known each other since 2025. No, that's in the future. 2015. I don't have a DeLorean. 2005. God, I'm really bad with dates. We've known each other since 2005. We're married. We have two kids. um, And we also own a private practice together. And that's the part that I think I'm most in awe of, (laughs) that you are married and you own a business together. And so you're together a lot and you make it work. Well, I feel like we're, we're not, I mean, (laughs) that's true. Literally like her office is on the other side of this wall. We might give each other a high five in the hallway a couple times a day, but that's about it. Otherwise it's texting or one of us has to leave early to get the kids uh, and look after them for the evening. So, um, we own and operate a business together, but we we don't see each other much. Yeah, you know, I think like if we were legitimately like together all day, every day, I honestly, I don't even know what that would look like. We've never done that before. Um, but yeah, owning a business like gives us a chance <laughs> to just like have those moments here and there for sure. Um, But yeah, we're kind of like partners in every area of life, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's such a good way, a much better way of framing it, because as I was saying that, like that you're together all the time, that you're you're partners and you manage these two really big things together Mm -hmm. successfully, a big a business and your family. So being partners, um, you're right, you don't spend all day together or tons of time necessarily, but you have to really make it work in a man, like managing and navigating those different aspects of life, business and life and love all at the same time. Yes. <laughs> it it could be a lot. It's a lot of things yeah. to juggle. Yeah. But at least, you know, we just, we <clears throat> worry about only having to do that together. You know, it's not like we have to negotiate like our partnership at home and then a different partnership with someone else at work. Right. Yeah. That's helpful, I think. So yes, you have a lot of things to navigate, a lot of things to be working on together. Um, So not only your psychological practice, but I love, Allison, you have talked previously about, quote, passion projects that both both of you enjoy. And I'd love for you to tell us about those. Sure. So I'll tell you about mine first. So I became a travel writer during COVID of all times when no one was traveling. I started (laughs) writing about it um, and became published and started a website and some social media stuff around that. Um, And so it's just been really fun to um, to have. I mean, I love travel anyway. It's always been a passion of mine and we love traveling with our kids Um, But really just like documenting it, reflecting back on it, uh, sharing that with other people and empowering other parents to get out and travel with their kids. And it's such a fun way to to document all of that for our kids. Mm. Um, So they have it to look back on. It's almost like a massive virtual scrapbook, you know. Um, But it's been really fun and just something like to give some of my creative energies too that has nothing to do with work 
Yes. I've been trying to do more of that. So I've been doing that. I've been singing with a band lately, <laughs> which is totally new. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just putting some energy into that. And even though like, it's about traveling with our family and focusing on that with our kids, um, like it's something that feels very much like mine and, um, a really big creative outlet for me. Yeah. I love that. I love, how did the band, how did that go? I loved seeing that you were doing that. It's been really fun. We've had a few gigs. Um, (laughs) it's been really successful. We have a couple more coming up. Um, it's just like a really wholesome group of guys. I couldn't ask for a better group of people to get involved with. Really, it's been super fun. And where can we find you? Follow these these things: the travel writing, that your band. Where can we? Sure. Find that? So, um, the best way to find me on social media is like on all the main platforms. I'm at Kids Come With, and the website is just kidscomewith.com. Um, so super easy. And the band that I have been singing with is Fictional Name. And they're on Instagram and um, a couple of the band websites. Awesome. So Kids Come With on all social media, main platforms and kidscomewith.com. And then the band is Fictional Name. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But that's I, me. Yeah. What about you? Me? Um, so probably the biggest thing is wristwatches, mechanical wristwatches, but really watches of all kinds, um, including smartwatches. And how I got into that is when the original Apple Watch came out, um, I was really, really big into tech and obviously the the Apple ecosystem. Um, and the watch was just, it was an interesting thing. I thought I could have this little computer on my wrist. Um, and so I saved up and I bought like a fancy steel one with the link bracelet and it was outrageously expensive and it was the first time like when i was doing sessions and people would in the middle of session just see this thing on my wrist that wasn't a traditional watch because not everybody was wearing them at the time um <clears throat> and they just kept glancing at it they wouldn't say anything but they would just look um and so uh ultimately like i thought that experience was interesting also uh, kind of distracting from the therapeutic process um i ultimately wound up wound up hating the first Apple watch. It was really slow. It was underpowered for what it was. And I spent so much money on it. And I thought, well, the next year, this, this, this thing is going to be better. And this thing that I spent a whole bunch of money on is still going to be not, not good and (laughs) and it'll be worth less. Um, So I went up selling it and I wanted to see, cause I I took a bath on, on that watch. Um, I lost a lot of money. Um, I should have held on to the bracelet. Um, I, I would not. I could not have known that eight years ago that the link bracelet would still fit on um, smartwatches today. Hmm. Um, so obviously, I hated it then, and that's what got me into watches. But I'm wearing like the Apple Watch Ultra today, so I, I've come back around to it. But um, for the Autos watches, um, like I wanted to see what I could get in terms of like a real watch. Um, for the money that I spent on the Apple Watch, the, at least the, that I got back from it. Um, so I dove into um, what kind of mechanical wristwatches are out there, what's a good starter watch. And I took a deep dive into social media and watch channels that were coming out and um, just learned more about different watch brands and different movements. And it's just fascinating. Yeah. And so... 
uh, from there, I, I really kind of like took in as much as I could. I read things that are watched podcasts that I listen to even today. Um, and uh, so I probably have more watches than I, I should. Um, but what I do is I, I shoot them. And when I get a new watch, I'm still actually working my way through my collection. When I get a new watch, I'll shoot it and put it up and uh, see where that goes. Um, so that's a passion of mine. Where Sorry. does it go? So you shoot the watches, you video them, you put them on your social media. And mm-hmm. then what happens? Do people buy them? Do you, so or do no, you actually um, collect them all? So I do collect them. Um, I, I do have, I do sell some watches like that is part of, part of the, the watch hobby that I really enjoy. And that I'm just getting into, I bought some tools and I have a watchmaking desk. Um, and so I have, I'm hopefully going to have some time in the coming year to learn more about taking watches apart and servicing them at least basic on a basic level. What I've done so far is I will, look on eBay for very cheap watches um, that have really been loved and have seen a lot of life and they're dinged up and the crystals are scratched and you can barely see the dial and um, I recondition them cosmetically and put them on a new strap. <clears throat> so I have sold some watches. Some of them have really good patina. So they're aged in a way that is unlike any other watch. Um, and so I can clean those up and, and sometimes make a decent profit on them just by kind of making them look as new as possible, but leaving the character, leaving the dings, leaving some of the scratches, but taking the micro ones away and putting it on new leather, um, gives this watch from the seventies or eighties, maybe sometimes even from the 1960s, a whole new life. Oh, rebirth. Love it. There's a Timex that I bought for $10, um, last like earlier this year and i just sold it for a hundred nice to a movie production company right in georgia yeah wow so where do where can we find you and all of this fascinating crafting that you do it's at autos watches where i'm on social media great thank you Mm -hmm. so tell us where you're going tell us about your dreams your vision for the future So we are finished with having children all done. No more there. We feel very comfortable with our two. (laughs) I'm I'm laughing at my, uh, your spirit fingers about that. (laughs) (laughs) We've said like, we don't want to be outnumbered. We are good Mm. with, with ours. Good point. Yeah. Um, Just right. We don't have to get a special car. We don't have to get a van. Like, uh, so yeah, it's good. All done. No more diapers, none of that. Just uh, try and raise good humans. Yes. Mm. So we're. So I think like it's it's we're kind of at this stage of recognizing like, okay, what do we need more of? What are we done with and ready to move on to the next thing? Like we decided we don't want more kids. We are great with ours. Um, you know, where is our business going? You know, like what's the next step? Okay. Maybe buying a building in a handful of years and going from there or, um, like, uh, definitely spending more time on our individual stuff because we have the time now more than we did before. Um, if it were to me, I would add a whole lot of travel <laughs> into what comes next and out of just like deep breathing over there probably as I say that. <laughs> no, I like travel. So it's one of the things that like I 
rarely left the state before you and I got together. <clears throat> and so I like being able to get out and, and have those experiences, uh, seeing different cultures, different places. I enjoy traveling. Um, I don't like planning it. Um, but so that's totally your zone. But um, I do enjoy where we go and what we do. Um, so it's one of those things where, and I tell my clients this all the time, I sometimes have to be dragged kicking and screaming to something, but I usually will like it. So uh, I've, I've gotten better at rolling with that over time. Especially if Allison's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a pretty good job planning it. Yeah. So travel, individual stuff, individual passions. Yeah. I think. Uh, what do you think, Otto? What's next? So definitely the building has been on our our plans for a while. Um, I like the idea of taking some of the income that we make from here and diversifying. So, you know, other businesses that are passion projects of sorts, um, but ideally would also be financially sound. Um, so just making sure we have income from various places. Uh, not quite sure what that would look like yet, but that's something we've discussed. We've talked about things like, wedding venues and car washes and like maybe a fast food joint just because like apparently those lines are and parking lots are always full when we drive by them <laughs> yeah and we don't actually eat fast food <laughs> although we don't eat that food we'd probably be happy to sell it um but you know just looking at different options so yeah Fine. i don't know i've told otto he should write a book oh ideally at some anyway. point I'll get to that. I, yeah we'll see Who's more of the dreamer? I don't think it really, that scale is probably fairly balanced. I agree. I know you both looked at me like so confused when I asked that. That's so funny. Yeah. I feel like we both have like individual ones. We talk about them all the time. Mm. Um, And so like individual shared family you know like I don't I don't think either of us have a problem in that department I think we are both big dreamers and share our dreams a lot yeah and then they come true (laughs) thank you so much this was so much fun thank you for coming um, and sharing your your story with us and your wisdom thank you for having us Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today and tuning in to another beautiful love story. Allison and Mike, thank you so much for sharing your love with us and the inspiration that you have brought to us today to be friends, to make time for each other, to make time for ourselves in relationships, to work as a team, to laugh, and to love in all aspects of our life. Thank you for joining me and Allison and Mike today for the episode of the Empowered by Design podcast. I cannot wait to connect with you again next time. Take care. Thank you for connecting on this episode of the podcast, Empowered by Design. For further connection, subscribe to my email list at drliz.com to be sure that you are in the loop for exciting news, events, and resources. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Liz and at Visionistas by Design. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and send this episode to one of your people in order to share the love, spread the power. 
This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower you to pursue your dreams with intentional vision. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment or a working relationship with a licensed mental health professional. For more information on connecting with mental health resources in your area, visit drliz.com and click on resources. Thank you again for connecting. And remember, trust the heart, work your vision, dream, design, deliver.